You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Moving Day, where we're taking a look at how the Holy Spirit moves us out to advance God's kingdom. If we think about, if we think about maybe some stuff that uh, uh, historically we've, we've uh, uh, thought about, been taught, and, and, and stuff in, in, in church, and, and what, what this church thing is all about. Maybe some of you kind of left the church scene, maybe because of some of this and, and, and everything. That really, it comes down to like, we teach morals, like be good and then, you know, be gooder than good and you keep being gooder and, 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 and all that and be, be moral in what you do. And, and then we evangelize, we talk about evangelism and a lot of the evangelism really kind of centers around um, really converting people to the moralism that we do. And then we just talk about how we sit around for one or two things to happen. We come to church every week to sit around for one or two things to happen. Either A, we die, or B, we wait for Jesus to come back. And for those of you that kind of left church, you're like, yeah, that's part of the reason why I left church. Like, that sounds boring. It's not very that interesting. And Taylor's like, amen, brother, right? <laughs> and, and isn't there more than that? And there's supposed to be more than that? That's what this series is about. The, this series called Moving Day and Moving On Up. What are we moving up to? What are we graduating to? What are we waiting for? What, what, what's going on? What, what is the moving day? In last series, we, we looked at the Holy Spirit and how He rebuilds lives. He rebuilds us, and then, but He takes rebuilt lives and moves us out to advance His kingdom. And, 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 and when... Every once in a while, every, every so often, a series starts happening, and I wish I could push the reset button to go back and start the series over because, because the series starts getting a, a theme or a topic that I wish I could, I could thread throughout. Uh, and, and this one is kind of like that, 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 that it started and then, and then kind of last week really kind of crystallized of, of he moves us out really specifically to make disciples, to make disciples. See, Jesus didn't die to make us better people. He died to bring dead people to life. He died and rose again to prove that he was Lord. And so this isn't about being better people. This is about our hear and follow relationship with the Lord. And making disciples isn't about converting people to our morals. It's about convincing people and showing people and actually really the Holy Spirit working in people's lives to show that He is Lord and that we simply hear and follow Him. And in, in, in this series, we started with, with the Acts 1.8 and that God gives us the Holy Spirit, which is God Himself, the Holy Spirit, His presence and His power to make disciples. Every one of us who believes in Jesus as his Savior, has the power to make disciples. It isn't about sitting here and waiting to die. Boy, that's exciting, isn't it? It's about the power of God given to us to make disciples. He has empowered every one of us to make disciples. And then the second week, the week where Peter preached at Pentecost, and the, the, the tongues 
The Holy Spirit of tongues of fire came down and rested on them and everybody heard them in their own language. And, and, and what we learned that week was the message of making disciples. What is the message that we go out with? The message is, is that he transforms minds and transforms hearts and transforms feet. That's what it means to be rebuilt. That's the message. That, that, that's the message we take with us, that God wants to completely transform us. Seeing making dead people come to life, that's a transformation, right? <laughs> if Uncle Larry in the casket pops up to life, we call that a transformation. And freaky. But that's what God does through the resurrection. He doesn't make good people gooder. He makes dead people come to life. See, it's not about morals. It's about righteousness, that we are all unrighteous people and that he wants to give us his righteousness. That's a completely different playing field. See, if it's about morals, we can start off with a certain amount of morals and get better. And we're proud of ourselves because we started off with a certain amount of morals. But if we see ourselves as that all are unrighteous, and it's God who gives us the righteousness. This is a completely diff different playing field. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. And then we saw last week this guy by the name of Philip went to the Samaritans, people that he wasn't supposed to go to, right? Supposed to go to. People that were beyond the, the, the religious system of that day. And he went to these people who felt unwelcomed and unwanted by the church, by the, by the religious system of that day. And he went into this closed forum and he served them to create open forums so that he could then share the gospel. And we saw this guy, Philip, who listened to God, had this hear and follow relationship and listened to God and left a, a, a time period of revival in Samaria and went to this deserted desert road to talk to one guy, one guy. And he had this beautiful hear and follow relationship. And we're actually going to take that and take a deeper look into what the hear and follow relationship looks like and how it relates to more than the way we live and what we're supposed to do and don't do, but how the hear and follow relationship will lead every one of us into making disciples. Every one of us. This isn't something relegated to just the people who get paid to do that. In fact, it's more powerful when it comes from people who don't. We're going to take a look at Peter in, in Acts chapter 10, and, and you can follow along in Hardbound Bible. We're going to throw the verses up on the screen. Uh, I got an event this week into the U version. I apologize about last, last week. You know, <clears throat> some of you have done this. Like, there's something you do each and every week, like clockwork, but then there's that week. <laughs> when you get done with that week, you're like, oh, man, I just blew that one. That was my week last week, so apologize about that, but it is in the, in the event uh, feature of the YouVersion uh, app, and you can follow along there. But we're taking a look at uh, uh, back to Peter, back to Peter in a, in, a, in a situation where we take a look at Peter's hear and follow relationship and the beautiful hear and follow relationship that he did have with God and how that lead him, led him to, 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 to engage and go to people that he really wasn't supposed to go to. So Acts chapter 10, verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. 
Caesarea, this was like uh, to, the, to the Jews, to the good moral Jews. Caesarea is kind of like Vegas. What happens in Caesarea stays in Caesarea. It was created by the Romans, the Gentiles, and, and it just bad stuff happened. Bad stuff happened there. Good Jews would never go to this place. But on top of that, this is, this is a Roman army officer. The, 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 the Rome conquered the known world at that time, including Jerusalem and Judea, and, and the Jews just hated that. In fact, they thought the Messiah, they thought the Messiah was going to defeat the Romans in order to give them autonomy again in their country. And when Jesus wasn't that for them, they decided to kill him. This is what, part of what got him killed. And so here we've got this guy, he lived in, in, in Vegas, he worked for the Roman government, but not only that, he was a part of the army that oppressed the Jews. So this guy has all kinds of strikes against him. Against him. And this dude, <laughs> this guy, we know enough from here that this is a bad mama jamming, like right here. Like this is, this dude is like just... Nothing really scares this guy. Big guy has all the weapons available to him. I mean, everybody would, 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 would cower in fear because of his physical presence. Kind of like Paul. Kind of like Paul. Kind of like some sort of cross between Paul and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like something, something like that because you're close, right? You're getting there, getting there, getting there. Kind of like Paul. You wouldn't want to meet Paul in a dark alleyway, right? That'd be scary. Scary for me, because you could probably snap me in half. But anyway, this guy, everything is going against him as as being somebody that that would actually have somebody go to him and tell him about God. But he gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel said. (laughs) Now remember what I said about Cornelius? Cornelius stared at him in terror. Okay, this is not an angel in blue jeans. All right, this, if he was, he was shirtless. He's like, Cornelius. (gasps) What is it? Sir, right? Like, this guy standing in front of me deserves a sir, all right? And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. As an offering. To peer into seminary life a little bit, there are actually discussions that happen in a class or so, uh, over, does God listen to non-Christians? Well, Acts 10 answers this question. This guy was not a believer in Jesus. Yet the angel came down to Cornelius and said, Hey, look, God has answered your prayer. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. Those of you that are are, are non-fans, you would say, you know what, I am here, I'm here, but mm, I don't know about this Jesus guy. I'm not sure about God. I'm not sure about church, but I'm here. I'm willing enough to, to listen. I've got some questions. I would like some answers. 
This hearing and following thing that you're talking about, I'm not, I don't know about that. What does that mean? Here's what it means for you. The same thing it meant for Cornelius. You hear and follow to get your questions answered. That's all it means for you. Get your questions answered. He had questions. He, he, he rejected the polytheism of the Romans. He rejected worshiping Caesar as Lord and, and accepted the Jewish mindset of monotheism. But he still had questions. And God sent an angel to, to, to Cornelius to say, hey, look, I want to answer your questions. And I'm preparing a guy by the name of Peter to answer your questions. So those of you that might be sitting there going, I'm not so sure about this church thing, but you want me to hear and follow, what does this mean? Just get your questions answered. The fact that you're here actually says a lot to that. You're here maybe trying to get your questions answered. But maybe you're saying, like, look, I'm still on the outside. I'm not a part of the church. I maybe attend a little bit, and I'm still on the outside. I mean, Come on, can, I don't know about that. I don't know, I'm, maybe some of my past experiences with church, questions weren't tolerated. The rest of the sermon is for us fans. Those that see Jesus as Lord and how he's going to prepare us to answer the questions of those who have questions. But are we listening are we listening because there's people all around us that have questions but because we live in the bible belt they're underneath the surface one nice thing about living in a place like central new york is that they don't hide behind a bible belt christianity where everybody goes to church they're honest i don't go to church don't like god hate church but they've got questions and they're willing to ask them we've got to get underneath the surface a little bit to be able to bring out the questions that people have so what does it look like to hear and follow and make disciples and answer the questions that people have all around us acts 10 9 this is this is the meanwhile back of the ranch story while god is working on cornelius meanwhile back at the ranch He's working on Peter. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up to, on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, he and he was hungry. But while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. In order to make disciples, in order to have this hear and follow relationship, to make disciples, and Peter had a beautiful one. He had a great example of a hear and follow relationship. In order to do that, it's got to be constant. Right? Those of you that kind of been in church for a while, we, you, quiet time, right? Have a quiet time. Have a quiet time in the morning. That's where you read your Bible and that's where you pray and then you go about your business, right? Like, Peter, it's noon. It's not the time for quiet time. Right? Peter's breaking the rules. You don't have a quiet time at noon. You have a quiet time in the morning. Peter's relationship was constant. One thing that he didn't ditch when he came out of the traditional Jewish system and started to follow Jesus, one thing he didn't ditch was the continuous prayer that the Jews did. And about noon, he's praying. Do we have a constant hear and follow relationship with God? Beyond 
doing a quiet time, which I am not disparaging that. I'm not downing that. But does it go beyond that? Beyond, God bless this food to our body. Beyond, now I lay myself down to sleep. Do we have a hear and follow relationship beyond that? This is something, this is something. You're like, you're a pastor, that comes easy. No, I'm a human, so it doesn't. This is something that I'm working on. This is something I'm trying to be more aware of throughout the day, of, 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 of being more uh, um, primed for God's activity throughout the day. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him throughout the day in my mind, lest somebody think I'm crazy because I'm talking to myself, Right? Because I would hate for anybody to think I'm crazy. Right? Shelly, I'd hate that. I'd hate that. Why is there nervous laughter? Like, I really want him to know something. But anyway. So I was at Walmart a couple of weeks ago, and I was in line, and the hair started standing up on the back of my neck. You're like, that happens all the time, because I'm in line. I'm in the clothes section, because I'm in line. No, not that reason. Not that reason. But it just seemed like, like I needed to be like kingdom aware, that there was going to be a kingdom building, disciple making moment occur. And so I was just praying, okay, let, let, me, let me be aware of this. Let me be ready for this. Because I've shared this before, those of you that are new, visiting. Like, people make me nervous. People make me nervous. New people make me nervous. Those situations just, they just make me nervous. Like, are they going to ask me a question that I can't answer? And it just make me, just, mm, ball me up inside. So I just, God, let me walk into this. Let me, let me, let me not shrink back. Let me, let me be aware and not chicken out, right? And so, <clears throat> checked out and. Um, started walking out, saw Laura right there the, the day that I, I saw you and, and, and saw her and, and went to my car and was starting to put the key in my car door and a lady comes up to me and says, sir, 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 do you know of a church that can help me pay for some gas? Like last week I talked about the, the God loading the bases and throwing a, throwing a batting practice pitch for people to hit out of the park. I'm like, okay, this is the moment. Like, this is, okay, the hair up on the back. This is what God was getting me ready for. I'm like, what, what's going on? What do you, what, what do you need? What's, what's happening? She's like, I, I live in cold camp, and I'm going to, or I went to Springfield, and I'm coming back for, for a funeral, and, 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 and I, I'm about out of gas. I'm afraid I can't, can't make it back, but I can't pay for gas. I just, well, just meet me. Meet me up there at the gas station. Can you get up to the gas station and, so I went up there, and of course, in my car, I'm like, just give me something to say, right? Give me something to say, because I don't know this lady. Give me something. And so I start pumping gas. I'm like, hey, do you, do you go to church anywhere? And she's like, well, my daughter does, but I don't really. Just look, God loves you. you know, he sent his son to die for you. Uh, said a few other things, and you know, hey, if you're ever through town, we'd love to see you, that, that, that sort of thing. I, revival didn't happen at the gas station, okay? Nobody was like, hey, there's gas here, let's get baptized. No, nothing like that. That'd be a bad idea, by the way. Don't do that. Don't. Bad idea. Bad idea. While she's smoking. No. Um, bad idea. But... And, you know, when you walk out of those situations, you always think of more things to say and et cetera. 
But I said what came to mind in that moment. This is what I'm talking about. Look, I shared last week, about, I'm not great at this, right? I was one for two for the story for, from last week. But are we more aware of this occurring all the time around us, that there are people who have questions they want answered and are we willing to have a constant it's a discipline it's a discipline we've got to it's something we've got to work on it's a discipline that we're more and more and more aware of God's kingdom activity around us and how he wants to take a part in this at school at school in our classes that God is working in the hearts of people around us at our work in our neighborhood are we seeing ourselves as the pastor of our neighborhoods as the pastor or the chaplain of our workplace, of our classrooms, that we're more and more and more aware and we're, we're spending time engaging with God, asking, what are you doing? And what do you want to do with me and use me? Because if we do that, I think that's a lot of the game right there. That if we're focusing in on God and asking these questions that when he does lob that pitch up to us. We're like, there it is! Right there! Woo! Got it! Right? So Peter's story continues. He, uh, <clears throat> he fell into this trance and this vision started coming up and the, the sheet started lowering from, from heaven. And as it got down to about eye level, he saw all kinds of animals in this sheet. Animals that, that in the Old Testament, God said are not clean. You do not eat these animals. And so it lowered, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm hungry, but oh, ah, that pig looks good. That, yeah, but oh, no. And then God's like, take and eat. Kill it, grill it, eat it. That's my own version. But I think you can see that in there. Grill it, especially. That's my preferred way. Peter's like, no, 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 no. 14, no, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. He had no box for God saying one thing in the Old Testament and then showing him a vision in the New Testament, what we know of as the New Testament, and going, hey, look, I'm that law thing back there. I'm, don't worry about that anymore. He had no box for that. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled into heaven. Wait, what does this have to do with me? Like, I already eat pig. What does this have to do? I like me some bacon, all right? I'm probably going to have some bacon for lunch. What does this have to do with me? Here. Hearing and following allows for reluctant obedience. I mean, God was dis, dis, de, uh, demolishing, that's what I'm looking for, demolishing the box that he had him in, that Peter had him in, in the laws. In fact, the box that God himself put him in. God is just destroying that box. And so Peter's not, he's like, he's hungry, right? He's like, this may just be my hunger talking. Because when hunger talks, it says some weird things, right? Don't be all pious on me here. I mean, it says some weird things when hunger talks. Could it, be, it could be just my belly growling. 
I've got to make sure this is God. Hearing and following allows for reluctant obedience. Us pastors and evangelists like follow and obey immediately. And bo- Here, here's two, two immediate things you should always follow immediately. If the Bible says to do or not to do something, follow that immediately. Because it is for your peace, your joy, your life to follow that immediately. It's not that God's a kill joy. In fact, he wants to give you joy through that. Second of all, if an angel comes down that you're terrified of and tells you to do something, follow that immediately. Okay? Otherwise, for the most part, reluctant obedience is allowed. We see this in Peter, reluctant obedience. Because if we're hearing and following God, we are not going to miss something. Yes, we all hear and follow him imperfectly. Do you not think that God is bigger than our imperfection to be able to get us a message? So if he gives you a hunch, if he gives you an inkling, don't immediately act on it. Pray through it. Bring it to the community. Bring it to a small group. Keep praying because because if he wants you to do this, he's not going to let it go. The vision was done three times, but Peter was still confused about the vision at the end of it. He's like, I don't know what to do with this thing. A law that we have adhered to for about 2,000 years, God told me to not worry about it. That's a big deal. Hearing and following allows for reluctant obedience. Now, if God says, if you get this hunch of go pray for this person, ask them what you can do to help them, whatever, right, that's safe, right? That's safe. But if it's big, like go to this country to be a missionary, God doesn't want you to follow every little bitty hunch immediately. Keep praying for that because if it's his will, he will keep talking to you about it. You don't have to be like that guy in college that never gets any sleep. What time did you go to bed last night? Two o'clock in the morning. What? What for? I didn't want to miss anything. Go to bed. Don't have to worry about that. I want it to be freeing that he will get you the message that he wants you to get. But you've got to be hearing and following. Are you coming to him? So this vision ended. Acts 10, 19. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, see this beautiful hear and follow relationship? God gave him a vision, and then, and then he continues. God, Peter's probably like, God, what does this mean? What are you doing here? What's, what's happening? The Holy Spirit just simply says, three men have come looking for you. Go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. You notice that the Holy Spirit did not tell them, tell him where they were from, who they were, who they represented. The Holy Spirit is just like, you're not going to want to go, but go. So Peter goes down. He meets them. Lo and behold, it's three guys from Caesarea representing a, a Roman army officer, pretty high up in the rank. 
And so these three guys are trying to convince Peter to go, hey, he fears God. All the Jews love him in the area. All the Jews love him in the area. Like they know they have an impossible task of talking to this guy from the Judean area to come up to Caesarea to stay in the house of this Gentile Roman officer. They know, I'm sure they're talking about it on the way down there going, how are we going to do this? To talk this guy into coming with us. This is impossible. And so let's just play the Jewish card here, okay? All the Jews love him. Come on up with us. Here's what Peter says. Or, and Peter, end up, Peter goes with him. Goes, Peter goes with them and says, don't worry about it. God's talked to me. I'm going to go with you. No questions asked. So the next day they get up. They get to Cornelius' house. Everybody's around. Everybody's there. This is a big deal. Cornelius is finally going to get his questions answered. This is a humongous deal. He invited family. He invited friends to be there. Peter gets there. Here's what Peter says. You know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me I should no longer think of anyone as impure and unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. See, that vision went beyond what Peter could or could not eat. It went to, it went to a second idea of who Peter could and could not talk to. Who Peter could and could not have a meal with. Who Peter could and could not have in his home. Who Peter could and could not stay in a house with. Hearing and following will continue to transform us. When we believe in Jesus, there is a transformation in fusion that he does immediately. And we see some things immediately taken care of. Some of you have had situations where as soon as you believed, you no longer had desires for stuff and you went off of it cold turkey. That's the transformation in fusion. But we know we don't become perfect at that moment. And God continues to work on our imperfection uh, pretty much an imperfection at a time. And he continues to transform. And the one that he's using right here or poking at right here for Peter and the disciples is prejudiced and racism. Ooh, you just went there. I just did. And maybe that's for some of us what he wants to poke on for us in order to make disciples. See, for, Gent- for the Jews, for the Jews... The Gentiles weren't the Gentiles. They were the uncircumcised Gentiles. Pretty quick test on who you might be prejudiced or racist towards is the people that you talk about through gritted teeth. Those people. The gospel brings reconciliation. This is what made it beautiful to the first century unbelievers. That Jews and Gentiles got along. The people from all races got along. We're going to take a look at that next week. People from all backgrounds got along. That's what made it so beautiful. Who for you do you consider, like Peter, unclean and impure? Those people cannot come to God. It's impossible for them to come to God. 
Because that's where God wants to touch us and transform us. Because these were people that Peter said through gritted teeth. And God is working in Peter's life to transform that. And he wants to do the same for us. One day he will take us to an unreached people group. And quite frankly, it will probably be a people group some people here will have a problem with. So we all have one of two choices. Like Peter and the first disciples, because this story actually ends well. Like Peter and the first disciples, we repent and we realize that God is transforming us and he, we let him transform us. Or we keep hardening our heart and when we go, you'll go somewhere else. That will allow racism and prejudice. Despite what the gospel says. One of those two things will happen. So we'll either allow God to transform us for the sake of his glory among people who do not believe or we'll dig our feet in and not allow God to transform us. One of the two. And I'm not naive enough to, to think that we haven't been completely transformed here. We do, after all, live in southwest Missouri. Better get used to it. Right? Our high school looks a whole lot different than Republic looks. I have a soccer player that plays for me. He moved to Republic four days before soccer practice started. From Mexico. He crossed the border every day to go to Brandsville to go to school. Every day. His mom moved here because she got married. He's like, I, I like Republic. I like Republic. Will we be a people that will allow him and others to say, I like Republic? Will we be that type of people? So when Peter went there and dealt with his point of transformation what happened next Cornelius told him the story of his vision and here's what Peter said I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism see five days before Peter thought that God showed favoritism in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right see the laws that the Jews ad adhered to that caused the racism and prejudice were not God's laws. God wanted a separation in the Old Testament, but not a separation for separation's sake. He wanted a separation so that the nations all around Jerusalem and Judea and the Jews would look at their life and say, I want me some of that and move into Israel in order to be a part of them. Like what legalism so frequently does, 
takes part of God's word and holds on to that, forgetting the rest of it. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. This is the good news for everyone. There is peace in Jesus. There is peace. It's a message for all people. Then he talked to them about Jesus, what he did. And then at the end he says this. He, Jesus, is the one all the prophets testified about. Saying that, I think he paused. Maybe paused at that word. Because this had new meaning for him. Now. Saying that, huh, everyone. See, everyone had a brand new meaning for Peter at this point in time. Everyone now meant everyone for Peter. Everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. See, when we are hearing and following God and the Spirit, He will lead us. He will lead us to tell of Jesus. And as long as I am here, as long as I am leading, we will not go through complex evangelism training. Because quite often we hide behind our complex evangelism training to not do it. And in fact, really, I'm not that interested in evangelism. All I'm interested in, and really I believe that all God's interested in, is taking non-fans and making them fans of the Lord. So all we need to know, what has God done for you? What's the Lord done for you? All we need to know, Jesus died for everyone. All we need to know is that He forgives the sins of everyone. We don't need a master's degree to figure all that out. We don't need complex training to figure all that out. Every single one of us can go to lunch this afternoon and presented the opportunity, can do that. We tell of Jesus. When we're hearing and following, we will tell of Jesus. What He has done, and what he wants to do in their life, the everyone life. When we hear and follow him, he will lead us to make disciples. I'm not interested in you leading a small group because not everyone is gifted that way. I'm not interested in you standing up and doing this, what I'm doing, because not everyone is gifted this way. But I believe everyone can make a disciple out of someone. Why do I believe that? Because God says it in his word. He has given us all the power to do this. See, I struggle with this. I'm awful at small groups. I'm no good at small groups. That size of group, not good at. I can do this. I can make disciples of leaders. I can make disciples one-on-one. So I need to release myself from the pressure of that, of that expectation. We need to think bigger than small groups. Not in numerical size, but bigger in idea size. You know what disciple making is? Filling our cup, emptying our cup. Taking our cup before God, saying fill it up, 
and then taking that cup and putting it into somebody else. One quick example. Yesterday we had an incredible pizza for Elijah's birthday. And uh, we're doing the Papa Shot thing. And I was telling Elijah, it was just me and him there, I was telling Elijah, focus on the rim, don't get your eyes off the rim, focus on the rim, grab the ball, shoot it, grab the ball, shoot it, focus on the rim. So we came back later and there was Josiah. And they were both doing it to the same bucket. And Elijah, what was he telling him? Focus on the rim. Don't look at the balls. Focus on the rim. Grab a ball, shoot it. Focus on the rim. That, my friends, is discipleship. Take what God is filling your cup with and fill somebody else's cup with that. That's discipleship. And as we hear and follow God, we will see more and more and more opportunity throughout our days to do that. Are we expecting Him to? Are we anticipating Him to? Are we wanting Him to? Because <coughs> imagine, imagine, if just that this amount of people filled somebody else's cup, what that would do for this church, for this people, what that would do for Republic, what that would do for communities all around the world. If each of one of us emptied our cup into somebody else. That's what disciple making is. Focus on the rim. So we have a time of reflection. Those of you that say, I'm a non-fan, I, uh, I, I'm just here to have my questions answered. I'll be in the back. Uh, Shelly will be in the back. And we are here to be a safe people that you can have your questions answered because morality says we got to look good. Righteousness says we all don't look good. So we all got questions. And we want to answer your questions. And for those of us that are, that are fans, are hearing and following, who is it God wants you to empty your cup into? Who is that? Let's pray. There and follow, Lord, I thank you for this time. You know, I think you've given us your power, your authority, your presence to do this. It's up to us to want to and, and, and take steps to do it. I pray, Lord, that um, you give us all somebody, somebody on our minds that, that, that whether they, they, they are far from God, whether they're close to God, whether they've stepped away, where, wherever they're at, that you will give us opportunity open it up. Give us that pitch that we can just knock out of the park. Give it to us. Give us that name. Those of us that still have questions, I, I pray that you put something in our hearts that, that, that will lead us to getting those questions answered. We thank you and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us and praise the one who died to forgive our sins. Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching My Crosspoint.